wonderful name. When you think about how good he is, you can't help but just praise and worship and adore him. I rose to uh, present our speakers. You can take your seats. I've known this young lady a long time. We met back in the early 90s where uh, we were both employed by uh, NMC Home Care. We worked um, in different departments for a while and shortly after that, um, the Lord blessed her, elevated her, and she became my supervisor. And we were doing a lot of things with contracts. And we blessed the Lord. I watched her children grow up. She always kept them involved in sports. Her daughter um, at that time was dealing with cancer and had lost her eye, uh, but that doesn't stop Selena. As a matter of fact, Selena's a fantastic photographer, and she's part of our core team for Be Healed. She takes all of the, the pictures for us and does the videography and, and does it uh, for a business. And so if you need a videographer, a photographer, look Selena Marino. She is awesome, Marino. And I bless the Lord for the relationship that Rebecca and I have had down through the years. We're able to travel together. Remember our trip to New York? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've had some good times. But most of all, she's a woman of God. She loves God's people. She loves the family of God. She takes good care of her own family. And she loves the precious word of God. And she's going to open up to us the word of God just the way God has given it to her. Won't you receive her by the word of amen? Amen. Good morning. It's afternoon now. Oh boy. God is awesome. And I'm grateful for my friends. about me, um, but I can add to that that um, I've been married for 37 years. Yeah, that was no easy task. <laughs> that was no easy task. Um, right, right, and um, I just want to say I'm really happy to be here. Um, I count it a privilege and an honor to be here and to be here under the covering of Pastor Kermit. And um, I don't take these things very lightly, um, but I know that God, when he speaks to me, when he teaches me, and all that I've learned throughout the years of serving him, I know that he's called me to share that and to, to teach. I'm more of a teacher. You know, my husband, before I left, he said, don't read stuff. Just, just get up there and flow. And, <laughs> and I said, okay, okay. But that's not me. That's him. <laughs> He's the guy that flows. Um, so I brought my lesson here that I um, put together, and um, it was 13 pages long. But I wanted to spare you <laughs> a, a message that was too long, so I cut it down to only 11 pages. <laughs> but, I, uh, but I talk fast, so... He's giving me the sign. <laughs> and 
then it comes up to where I'm preaching, and he'll sit next to me like, okay, like, I'm here. I'm, that means you need to stop. <laughs> um, but, you know, God is so good, and he, he really teaches us. He, he makes things clear for us because he wants us to grow. He doesn't want us to stay the same. He wants us to take action on those things that he reveals to us through his word. And so that's what I'm here today to teach you. And I'm going to just give this moment to the Lord, Father God. Lord, I just pray this this very moment, Lord God. I, you, I know you're here, God. I know you're here, God. I felt your presence, Lord God, this morning, Lord. And, and it hasn't, your presence will not leave us. We are here with you, God. You have gathered us together, Lord, here and online, Lord. Your people have come because they love you, because they want to hear from you, because they want to serve you greater than what they've been serving you, Lord. They, they, they want inspiration. And God, you inspire, Lord. You're the greatest inspiration that we have to look to, Lord. I just thank you, Lord, and I pray, Father, that, that we would receive something so great and so wonderful, Lord God, that when we leave this place, Lord God, we'll be on a mission, and we'll be able to, to look and pay attention, Lord God, to what you're doing in our lives and our minds, Lord God. Father, transform in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. Thank you. So I just want to start with a question, and, it, and I promise it's gonna, it, it sounds like a negative question, but it's not. It'll turn positive at the end. But the question is, what are some of the things that you face in life that you consider tough problems? Things that are just, man, like, I wish I didn't have to have this problem. Or I wish, you know, this would go away. Or, you know, there are a lot of things. There's relationship problems. Sometimes we're not getting along with our spouse, our children, our sisters and brothers, our coworkers. There are so many relational problems that we can have. Anybody having any relationship problems? <laughs> okay, good. I'm not the only one. <laughs> How about sickness? Sometimes things happen in our bodies because of this world we live in, because we don't take care of our bodies sometimes. Um, you know, we a lot of times things happen, and, and then we're like, oh, how do I get past this? How, why is this happening to me? And then there's those past traumas, you know, that really hinder us. There's things that happened either when we were children or maybe on a job or maybe in school or just somebody said something and it just got you. I can, t I can tell you a story about somebody who said something that just got me. And this is, in, I'm, I'm like secure in my, um, my relationship with the Lord. I'm secure in, in who I am as a woman of God. I'm secure as a wife. I'm secure as a mother. I feel pretty secure. But my dad, one day, he said to me, well, my, my husband asked him a question. He said, hey, I bet you're real proud of your sons and your, you know, because he has a son that recently came into his life. And, and uh, he goes, they're so smart. They're so educated. And, and they are. My brothers, um, they all have degrees. I have two. They both have degrees, and they're very successful. And um, hold on. This makes me feel like slouching. Okay, so they're very successful, and they make good money, and they're, you know, have nice things, and do vacations, and they're just, they look like very successful people, 
And then he, and so then he goes, yeah, he goes, I'm very proud. I'm very proud that, you know, they've done well for themselves. He goes, and your daughter, my husband says, and your daughter. And he said, well, you know, she could have done better, you know, but she chose a different path. And I was like, excuse me? And, you know, I just felt really bad. Like, I, I left there. It was not a good visit in the first place. My dad was on a grumpy one. And so I left there. And, and in the car, I brought it up because it was just like, it just got me right there. I was like, what? Like, what do you mean? Like, I could have done better. And in the car, I was speaking and telling my husband, you know, like, that was so mean. And I don't know, like, he doesn't understand. He doesn't know me. He doesn't know who God says that I am. And, um, and as I began to speak it out to my husband, and I started crying. I go, I don't even know I'm crying. Why am I crying? I know who I am. I know what God's doing in my life. And I just felt the peace of God come over me. And... You know, he just reminded me that they have these things, but they're not loving and touching lives and pouring into people, those people that are important to me. You're doing that. And that can't, that you can't, I can't give you a paper for that. <laughs> you know, so I, I felt the, and, and the perspective changed, of course. You know, I knew it, I knew it, but I didn't know why I felt so hurt. Like, why does he, like, he doesn't understand, but anyway. So sometimes people will say something like that, and it'll it'll stay in there for years, and you'll just be you'll be very you know walking around with that chip on your shoulder and and feeling like less than or angry, angry at people misjudging you or not understanding who you are. So has that happened to anybody? Has anybody been misjudged? Yes, yes, I can guarantee you it happens to all of us at different times in life. Proverbs 24.10 in the Amplified Bible says, If you are slack in the day of distress, your strength is limited. And the definition for slack is not using due diligence or care. Characterized by slowness, sluggishness, or lack of completeness or finish. Now, the reason why I brought that scripture up is because when we have these problems, these struggles, these things that that keep us back what happens is we we want to blame people you know we want to blame the circumstances blame the situation and but we have to take responsibility and that's what my message is about taking responsibility and man i come across people all the time who are seeking who are in need who are hurting who are broken who are lost who are confused and and it's like when you start hearing them talk and share their life and what's going on and they want to tell you, oh, this is why this is happening and blah, blah, blah. It's like you can see it. They're not taking responsibility for their lives. And so Proverbs says, if you are slack, we can't be slack. We can't let life just happen to us. We can't let situations just make us stand still and not go forward. Like that comment my dad made to me could have made me feel like it could, I could have had this heaviness of, I'm not educated. You know, I wish I had an education. You know, like, man, should I go back to school? Should I, you know? And those are not bad things. I am not knocking down anybody who's got the education. I just didn't have that in, path in my life. 
at, you know, I, I grew up. He wasn't even in my life. I was like, if you want me educated, you should have been there to educate me. <laughs> but he wasn't there. And so, um, and, and when I look back, I just recently, um, because my sister wants to get her uh, GED or her diploma, and she's uh, 52, I think. And, um, and so I'm encouraging her to, to do what you want to do. If you feel that's something you want to do, do it. And, it. and so when she brought that up, I, I was thinking, and I was like, did any of us graduate from high school? There's eight of us, and not one of us graduated from high school. I was like, that's a big fail for you parents, <laughs> for my parents. <laughs> I was like, how could you have eight children and not one of them graduate from high school? But that's a whole other story. I could talk to you about my parents and my upbringing on another day, but wow. Um, so anyways, let's not be slack. Let's not, let's make sure we have, we do our due diligence and make sure we're not sluggish or lacking completeness. You know, how many times do we not finish, you know, something we get started? When I asked, um, I, I um, shared this message with uh, my church a couple weeks ago, and when I asked the question, my husband raised his hand, and he said, yeah, I get real frustrated because I'm unorganized, and when I go to my truck, I can't find the tools I need. I can't find things, so he ends up going and buying more when he's got, like, a small fortune of more from the past. <laughs> so he feels like, you know, he's got to complete his organization process <laughs> so he can do better. Anyways, um, if we are sons and daughters of a sovereign God, we must know that we will sometimes face adversity. Sometimes he'll lead us even into adversity because he's going to grow us and bless us as we go through it. Now, I came, I, I'm, I say that because I was reading in Genesis about when um, the Lord told Abram to move to Canaan and um, he said take you know your family your immediate family and take your possessions and take your um, your animals and move because I'm, I want to bless you I'm going to make you a great nation and so um, so he was obedient you know we know Abram's a man of faith and he's obedient and but do you think it was easy I can't even imagine that he had all kinds of animals. I can't even imagine packing those animals up, packing up their food, bringing pooper scoopers and whatever you need, you know. And then all of his servants and, you know, the people, his, his, his family members and his wife and, like, was she on board and, you know. And then going to a strange place. Yeah, you don't know where you're going. It was a strange place. And he was old. He was 75. Sorry anybody 75 <laughs> like 75 to be doing all of that and and then when he got there that he found out there was a famine in the land so then he ended up in Egypt and when he went to Egypt he was scared because his wife was so beautiful that he thought they were gonna kill him and take his wife and so he lied and said tell him you're my sister and then I found out that they are brother and sister I was like, ew, like how did that happen? I know things were way different back then in the very beginning, so I'm sure some things were like sort of kind of okay. But I was like, they had the same dad but different moms. I was like, 
oh my gosh. So he justified it. He's like, well, we, we kind of are, you know. I'm like, <sighs> anyway. And then once Pharaoh found out that he lied, he kicked him out. So he, they went through a lot. They went through a heck of a lot. God said, do this because I want to bless you and make you a great nation. And he tells us the same thing. Do these things because you have greatness in you. My spirit, the spirit of God lives in you. There's nothing you cannot do. And he wants to bless you. But you've got to go through some stuff. And you've got to keep going. And you've got to complete it. And don't be slack. Okay. So God has, and we've got to take responsibility, right? Okay. God has no limits. There's no reason for us to feel hopeless. And there's no reason for us to give in to evil. Okay. Sometimes we just, we just give up. And then we just go, oh, you know what, I'm just going to just forget it, you know. Or sometimes even, you know, coming to church, you know, something's going to happen Sunday morning that's going to be difficult. You should have saw, seen my house this morning. I was, like, trying to get myself ready, trying to figure out what I'm going to wear. By the way, I, I dressed up a little bit today because we have church in the backyard, so in the backyard we just wear casual clothes. And so I said, I'm going to three piece. I'm going to dressed up <laughs> and my sister I mean not my sister my daughter said um, I asked her how do I look she goes you look like sister Mary Clarence <laughs> and I'm like I'm like should I start singing la 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 <laughs> um, but anyway so that's how I, I got to walk out the door feeling like sister Mary Clarence um, but my house is crazy. Sometimes Sunday mornings can be some of the greatest mornings of warfare happening in at home. But what do you do? You just give up? You have to take control of things. You have to, to know that God wants has a blessing for you, and you've got to go get it. Don't be lazy. Don't just stay home and say, you know, I'll just, you know, skip it today. After all, I've I probably haven't missed in like two months. Because <laughs> if you're going to miss that easy, you probably miss every month. Okay. What if we put 90% or even 50% of our time working out the problems that we have in life? How much better would our lives be? You know, even 50%. Things would turn around. Our world would turn around. If the people of God would just put 50% more time into working these things out and, and doing our due diligence at learning the word, spending time with God, being faithful, serving, and following and listening to what God has for, you, for us. We know we can do better and we feel the disappointment and sometimes shame when we don't do better, right? Right? Oh, my gosh. I guess I can. I know it's not coming up, but I, I can just share this. Sometimes I want to lose weight, okay? I got to take responsibility for that. But sometimes I say, ah, this is so hard. I've tried every single diet there is. And at night, my husband always makes me snacks. And, you know, like, oh, and it's we have birthday parties, like, several times a month. And, you know, like cake, there's cake. And 
it's like, yeah, and more cake, and people are making good food, and like sometimes I come to 3Ps, and they got good food, and so it's like, it makes me feel bad that I can't take responsibility. I can say no, right? I can say no. When my husband comes and with the sandwich or with chips and dip and with the drink for me and I could say no or I can have a conversation and say please I'm trying my best please don't bring me any snacks at night you know I could turn my alarm on and say no more eating after six o'clock and stick to it it's my responsibility it's not his it's not anybody else's I can't blame that you know we don't I don't have the right foods in the house well I gotta get the right foods in the house Okay, we'll get off of that. Hopefully, ne- hopefully next time you see me, I will have taken responsibility. <laughs> um, and, you know, again, sometimes it makes us feel bad when we don't, when we don't take responsibility. Sometimes you got, you know, bad relationships happening, and you know you can just have a conversation and fix it because you know that that person loves you truly and but you don't want to do it or you don't or you keep putting it off you don't make that phone call and you feel bad you walk around you're like oh I'm gonna see them you know the next gathering or you know and you don't do it and so you're feeling bad in church and it's hindering you okay take responsibility it's up to you um and you even have to take responsibility for things that you aren't even causing Okay, serious, Um, you know, because people will say, well, it's not my fault, you know, somebody broke into my house and they took all my stuff and now I don't have the money to replace it and so now they're upset, they're angry, you know, they're complaining all the time that this happened, they're telling everybody and their brother the story and and sure, like, we got to share sometimes our our story, but what are you going to do about it? Like, you got to do something about it. You know, you've got to follow up. Maybe next time you need to get some insurance. You know, there are things we have to take responsibility for, even when it wasn't our fault. Rear-ended. Sometimes you get rear-ended. Or one time my my daughter stole my car, and I was (laughs) and then crashed it. (laughs) I was like, huh. You know, things will happen sometimes, things with, without our control. Um, but it's the way we respond to it. It's how we take a hold of it and how we, we decide not to stick with blaming everybody and pointing out, you know, all of the reasons why, you know, you're not able to move past it. Um, so it, we still are responsible, right? We've got to fix it. We've got to do something. Okay. Um, sometimes we do have responsibility over situations, okay? And but we think we don't. Like, um, like sometimes, uh, I, because I deal with a lot of women and um, I teach women in the women's class, I hear a lot of times how women are having trouble in their relationship with their husband or their boyfriend, and they're being abused. You know, they're literally being abused and. And I think to myself, man, like, poor thing, you know, and 
and everybody wants to feel sorry for this person. And yes, we should have compassion, but it's her responsibility to get out of the relationship. She has to decide that she's going to leave. She has to reach out for help. And then she has to take responsibility for the choice she made to be with this person. Because more than not, she knew something happened before they were, you know, connected that made her feel like, whoop. But then she kind of like saw some good stuff and kind of just eased her way back into feeling like, okay, this is the one. But she knew. And so it's like, you got to take responsibility. You got with someone who wasn't the one because you, that's what you wanted, not what God wanted. And so we ha even in that, when you feel like this girl is, you know, poor thing and she, and I, I'm not saying I don't have compassion for people or women who are in those situations or any situation. I do. I have a lot of compassion because God had compassion for me and my, all of my dumb mistakes. Um, but they've got to, you know, take responsibility. Um, I remember, the, here's another scenario that happened when um, I was working with youth at my old church. My husband and I were in charge of the youth, and we had an overnighter, an all-night thing, and we had lots of fun, and we had the, the kids coming, and they brought their friends, and we did a lot of fun stuff. And um, before some of the kids came, though, they they stopped at a store down the street called Circle K. And um, they all came with their drinks. And, you know, I don't know why we were so naive, but we didn't check their drinks, and we should have. Because they were having, like, way too much fun, more than normal. <laughs> and so we had fun. And then somebody tipped us off. So it's not like we were so, like, in tune with that. But um, somebody tipped us off that they had stuff in their drinks. And so I was like, oh, oh, okay, okay. You know, I'm like, okay, we got to do something about this, you know. And so my husband and I, you know, we, we took the kids aside and, and we told them, let me see your drinks. Found out, yep, you got stuff in there that you just shouldn't have brought. You know, we dealt with them and all of that. And then we had to, we kind of call the whole thing off and call the parents, tell the parents, come get your kids. This is what happened. Okay, so parents come. Some of them are upset. Some of them are, like, you know, angry with the kids. Some of them are, like, embarrassed and, you know, apologetic and, and all of that. But there was this one mother. Who came up to me, and she got this close to my face. And she was angry. She's like, how could you let this happen? You're responsible for these kids. What if something happened? And she was just in, she goes, I'm, I'm just, I don't know what to do right now. And she was just, and I could see her body language that she was on offensive <laughs> mode. Like, and I was like, I was in shock. I'm like, what? Like, you're mad at me? I said, wait a minute. I'm like, why are you angry with me? I didn't take your kid to the store and put alcohol in their drink. That happened before the, the service even started. You know, you're, you're looking at the wrong person to be angry at. Um, and, oh, my gosh, and she just, she didn't want to hear it. So, you know, all of my reasoning didn't really make a difference. She was angry, and she was in my face, and she, was, she, she called me a bad name. And she just went off, and she was a woman 
in the church for a long time, longer than me, of a God-serving, loving woman. And I was like, so I was so shocked. I was, I was in shock. I, I just, you know, that had never happened to me. And so I, I, I just, I try to keep my cool. You know, I could have. I could have. Because it's in me. Um, I grew up in East L.A., and I had a fight a few times for my rights or for the rights of my siblings. And, um, and you know, ugliness happens at times, so I could have, but that really isn't me. I've, it's almost like I had to, but um, that's not me. And especially with God in my life, it's so not me. But, you know, I, I, it was there. It was there, and it came back. Yes, I had to take control. Okay, um, everything that we do, every choice that we make, we are creating our lives with the Lord. Okay, you get to create your life every single day. When you wake up, you get to wake up and, and decide how you're going to feel, what you're going to do, how you're going to speak to people, how you're going to react to things, how you're going to walk with the Lord. You get to decide. You're a creator. He gave that to us. He gave us the choice, that great gift that we have. We get to choose. We get to make our lives what we want them to be. So um, I, 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 want, I think it's one of the most wonderful gifts. And since I had taught this lesson, I've been waking up feeling like, okay, what am I going to create out of this day? And that's what I want for you. I want you guys to take this information this message home and feel like when I wake up when I get up when I see my husband when I see those kids that are yelling and screaming and tearing my house up when you know when I go to work and that boss has nothing nice to say ever or that co-worker you know all she does is want to talk about how awful her marriage is <laughs> you know there's so many scenarios I can talk about um, but you get to decide you know, and you get to say and speak life, and you get to 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 be, you know, the God that He is for the day, for others, for yourself. Okay, responsibility doesn't mean you are at fault. When things happen, like I said, you know, we don't have control over it. It doesn't mean it's our fault, but it does mean we still have responsibility on how we react to them. Um, when you take 100% responsibility, you don't blame anymore. I thought to myself, ooh, can I do that? Can I stop blaming people for things that happen? Like, whoa, it took me a long time to, to stop blaming my dad for being so ignorant. You know, I just kept thinking, he just doesn't know. He has no clue. You know, it's just... I, anyways, so we have we when we take full responsibility, we don't blame, we don't um, blame anyone or anything. Um, and you know what? We're good at the blame game. We really are. You know, today, like I said, all kinds of stuff was happening at my house, and as I was getting ready, my husband says, "Can you do me a favor before when I, I'm going to take a shower? Can you just get me an outfit to wear?" I'm like, and then I said, okay, I get to create this day. So let me let me help my man. 
you know. And so I went and got him an outfit, and I ironed it. And I'm like, these pants better not be dirty because he likes to put his dirty clothes back on the rack. And I'm like, so anyways, but I get to, I get to decide, right? I get to choose. Um, I don't want to blame him if I'm late. You know, I don't want to blame him if my, sh- my dress didn't get ironed <laughs> because I was helping him, you know. Like, I don't want to, it, it's so easy to do that. It's so easy. And think about it. Pay attention on those things that, you, that happen in your life that you start blaming. Ooh, some of you married couples are going to be going, you blame me. Take responsibility. I know because it happened in my house. <laughs> If you continue to blame, you're agreeing to stay stuck, stop growing, and you won't be able to change the outcome. So stop blaming. You know, don't you want to be the best? The best you that you can be? Okay, so I already talked about my problem with the with the diets and all that. And you know what? I used to blame everything. In it. I even blame my, my genetics. I'm like, my mom was fat, my sisters are fat, my grandma was fat, everybody in my family's fat. I think I'm supposed to be fat. But then I look at my body, and I'm like, these wrists are small. My ankles are small. I think I'm supposed to be small. (laughs) So we can't be blaming. Okay. But if you stop blaming, then you have a pretty good chance of creating a better outcome. Maybe not 100% can change, but... um, wouldn't your life be dramatically better if even 50%? Okay. Now, stop the only ifs. Okay? Only if they were not in my life. Does anybody have somebody in their life that you just wish they weren't? can be honest because it's in the past under the blood um, but I used to <laughs> I used to um, wish and speak ugly about someone who was in my life that I wished was gone and that was my husband's ex-wife she caused me so much pain and heartache um, and I really I, I, I used to feel guilty because I had such awful feelings of wishing I could just erase but I don't feel that way, and and to God be the glory. Um, we became friends, and you know I loved her as a woman who um, who just needed to be saved and needed to be loved and needed to be reassured of who she was. Because she knew the Lord, but she backslid and did all kinds of craziness. But you know she ended up getting cancer and she died. It's been about ten years now, and. Um, she passed away but you know I was able to love her through all of that you know she only trusted this is going to sound weird and I don't try to brag but she only trusted me and her daughter to care for her you know to wash her to massage her to dress her she only trusted her daughter and myself to do that for her and that's God that's God you know and like I said, it is under the blood because it, it, it went away, you know. And, I, you know, he changed my heart, my perspective on what this woman is in my life for, you know. So 
if only I had a better education, okay? We already talked about that. Some of you might feel that way. Some of you might feel like, man, I didn't go for that last degree, you know, and I could have got that better job. Um, if only I had a better job. If only I could, I already said, let's lose weight. If only he or she treated me better. If only I was prettier or handsome. I mean, how many times have we said these if only? There's so many more if onlys. But like I said, I had to cut down to 11 pages. <laughs> Those if onlys are just, um, they're just blaming again. They're deflecting your responsibility. You don't. You don't need any of those things. You need your perspective to be changed. And um, I've got a, uh, I remember my husband, okay, we're so different. And um, when we were first married, um, you know, he's very well known in the church. And he was always raising his hand because he had a testimony. And he always had something to say. And he was always talking to everybody in the church. And but every time he would raise his hand in the church service because he had a testimony, I'd be like cringing in my seat, like, oh, do you always have to say something? You know, I felt so embarrassed I, because I was so shy. I was so like, I didn't want to be noticed. And this was back before Jesus helped me up. Um, but I was so shy, and I used to feel so embarrassed and feel like, man, why does he always have to talk so much? Why is he always testifying? Why does he always have to, to be the encourager of the church? You know, it's like, ugh. And, and so I would cringe in my seat. But then God changed my perspective. And he showed me how this man is making a difference in so many people's lives. And how he reaches out to people. How he's always concerned about everybody and the new people. And, you know, he, he started showing me that this man is gifted that's why he's that way, okay? Because I'm going to use him, and that's why he's he's got what he needs to do what I want him to do. And so I had to have my perspective shift, and I had to um, look at him differently and see that, okay, this is your gift, God, okay, okay. And so I started feeling like, and it encouraged me that, hey, what am I doing for God? You know, like, I want to be used of God as well. And so I, I would watch him. I'd watch him. Um, I'd be like, I know, like, he just strikes up conversations with anybody that, any stranger. And so I said, I'm going to watch him. So I would watch him, and he would say, like, the dumbest things to them, like, oh, you're walking your dog? And I'm like, duh. <laughs> but that's all it took. And then he was going, and he was talking, and, and the people were responding, and and they were smiling, and they, I, I realized people really do want to talk to, to, they want to have conversation, they want to connect, they want to, but everyone's so, like, closed up, like I was, and so I'm like, I am not going to say those dumb things to talk to people, I'm going to come up with some better stuff than that, <laughs> but, you know, it was, it's his way, and, and we have to, um, you know, let God use us how he's going to use us and how he equips us to be, um, I don't know why I told that story, I think it was about the perspective, my perspective changed, um, you're not taking responsibility for your role in the situation, okay, I already talked about, you know, um, about it's not our fault, but we have a responsibility in our role, um, into it, okay, 
Um, you, we have to control, take control over our mind. The mind is the most powerful part of our body. Okay, everything starts there. Everything. How, how you feel, everything. How your body reacts to certain things, everything. It's all right here. Colossians 3.2 says, Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. That's like so clear. That's so clear. Stop thinking about your aches and pains. Set your mind on things above. God knows you have aches and pains. Think about him and what, how he feels about what you're going through at the moment. You know, we have to align our thinking with God's thinking. You know, people have been going through sickness, and what happens when we get sick? We're like, oh, like, am I going to? Am I going to get worse? It's like, what do you think God thinks? Is God thinking that? Are you going to get worse? No, he's not thinking that. You know, am I going to die? What do you think God's thinking? Does he think, are you going to die? No, he doesn't think that way. You know, do they hate me? What do you think God, do they hate? God, no, God is above. We have to rise above. It says to think about things above, not what's what's here in our limited view, in our limited understanding. So we have to ask ourselves, next time you're in a situation, ask yourself, is God thinking what I'm thinking? Because the, the answer is probably no. No, he's not thinking that you don't like that girl's outfit. <laughs> you know? Think about, seriously, we really need to take control of our mind. Okay. There's another thing we do in that, besides being the blame, playing the blame game, and that is becoming a victim. A victim is when something bad happens against your will and you don't do anything about it. And now you have to live with it, and sometimes the rest of your life. Like, you just let it happen, and you just deal with it now and you don't do anything to change it now you're a victim I don't know about you but I don't want to be a victim I was a victim as a child I don't ever want to be a victim I learned how to fight when I was a victim and I want to continue to fight because the enemy's still after me and so I'm going to fight I'm not going to be a victim whatever comes my way I'm going to do something about it I'm not going to just say, oh, this happened to me. Now I can't, now I just can't. I can't talk to anybody anymore. I can't, you know, I'm too depressed or whatever. And I'm not, you know, downing anybody who's found themselves in that situation. Because I have. I have. I battled with depression for a long time. That It was a family trait. Um, so anyways, you, like I said, you create the story. And you also create stories in your mind about limitations and about being a victim. And, you know, I know these two sisters who are not talking to each other anymore. And the reason why they're not talking to each other anymore is, first of all, they're wonderful sisters. They love each other. They're great. They, they offer each other. They bless each other. They're just great sisters. But they have insecurities. And they... And one sister has great insecurities and still feels like when she gives to her sister that her sister needs to give something back. 
she doesn't give freely. She has expectations. That's a bad thing to have. We really don't, should never expect anything from anybody. Okay? You give something, or you love people, or you help people, don't expect anything in return. You know, because there's more joy in just giving, in just helping, in just loving with no expectations. Because I'll tell you, the minute you put an expectation on someone, the joy goes away because they probably won't meet that expectation. Your expectation's a little too high. <laughs> so anyways, this sister had an expectation because they were, um, she supported her sister in a lot of things, and so she said, sister, I want you to, if you can, if you're free, come and be a part of my event I'm having. And so the sister said, okay, let me check my calendar. So a couple of days before her event, the sister said, I'm so sorry, but I had to make a choice, and, you know, there's a family uh, memorial service that I think is more important right now, so I got to go to that. And so the sister was like, she went off. She's like, we always support you. We do everything we can to show you that we love you, and we don't get it in return. And so I'm just going to let you go forever. And so the sister was like, what? <laughs> you know, and there you go, those expectations. She was always helping and always trying to support this sister and when she asked the sister, can you come to my thing? And the sister couldn't for legitimate reasons. People have reasons. Let people make decisions for themselves. You know, it's their life. It's not your life. And so the sister said, stop it. You stop acting like that. You stop, you know, getting so into your feelings, you know, about. She let her have it. And, but it didn't, it didn't work. She's they're not talking still. It's so sad. It's sad. It really is. So she decided she's going to be the victim. That sister who was so upset with the other sister is the victim now, a victim of no support. That's so sad. Okay. And then there's, there's people who maybe, like I talked about earlier, about being abused. You know, sometimes that abuse is, it stays with you and you, and there, there's like, bad feelings. Um, you know, I was abused as a child, so I know that it took years of healing for me to, to stop feeling insecure, stop feeling um, like I had a sign on my back that said, take advantage of me. You know, I'm an easy target. or an easy prey. You know, um, we feel like, you know, I remember feeling um, like quiet and scared and intimidated, and I'd be in the church, and I didn't have any friends. I was just lonely, and and I felt like people didn't like me, and, and I was afraid to get close to people or let people in because I felt like if they knew the real me that they wouldn't like me. You know, those are things that, you know, I had to get a grip over that. I had to let God heal me. I had to let him crack me open, and I had to go through hard things. I remember there was a lady in church who told me, oh, Rebecca, she's a friend of mine, kind of. She says, oh, Rebecca, she goes, there's a lot of ladies. They want to be your friend, but they're afraid. They think that you don't want to have any friends. And I'm like, what? I'm like, just tell them, talk to me. Like, I would love to talk to any of them. You know, I felt, I felt like shocked, like, really? Like, and so then a couple weeks passed, and she came back to me again and said the same thing. You know, 
they think that you're a little bit standoffish and all, and then it, it, that made me mad. I'm like, you know what? I'm like, you and all those gr- girls, all you and your friends need to stop co- talking about me and gossiping about me because that's what you're doing. You're getting together and you're talking about me and how you all want to be my friends, so-called. You know, it's like, stop it. And it's not right. If you don't know me, then come come and get to know me. So anyways, needless to say, I didn't get any, gain any more friends. I still <laughs> took me a while. I had to go through some stuff. But that sometimes those things, it, I was leading to this. I had to take a deep look inside, and I had to ask God, God, why do they see me that way? You know, at first I was like, you guys are crazy. But then I had to, you, you got to stop, and you got to reflect, and you got to say, God, what is that? You know, why am I not friendly? Why am I giving off this vibe? And he did reveal to me that I'm still afraid to let people in, that I'm still not sure if they will, if I'm acceptable. And so I need to get healed from that. And praise the Lord, he healed me. So I'm open to all friends. <laughs> um, it, it is beautiful, Pastor. <laughs> When I think about it, it's just amazing how God works. Um, But we can't let these things keep us bitter or fearful. You know, my past abuse made me afraid. I felt afraid of a lot of things. Um, Sometimes I can't have a healthy relationship because I still have that pain, you know, inside of me. And I, I haven't taken responsibility to get my healing. Okay? That's what we need to do. you got to get your healing. God heals. He loves us. He wants us to be healed because he has a plan and a purpose for us. And until we get healed, we can't step into that. You know, so we need to get that healing. Um, You may be living with limitations, but you're able to make your life better even with limitations. I think about so many stories that I've heard about people with limitations. And they have overcome and gone on to do great things amazing things, things that nobody could have ever imagined could be done. Look at the Guinness Book of World Records. There are so many amazing things that humans can do. Um, so don't let limitations get in your way. Um, who are you? I'm going to ask you these a question, and I want you to just think about it and, and think, are you doing this? Who are you making responsible for the quality of your life? Are you making your parents responsible, your family, your environment? Sometimes people say, oh, I grew up in a really bad neighborhood, and it was poverty and all this, and so they have that mentality that that's all they got. That's all they know. Um, Our country, like, we got problems in this country for sure. You know, are you making our country responsible for your life? Our friends? Our coworkers, our boss, man, if I had a better boss, I, I, I can have great days. <laughs> you can have great days. Um, your spouse or kids, your girlfriend or boyfriend, genetics. We talk about genetics, my mama and everybody else, the tipsters. Um, the economy, politics, society, entertainment, news, history. How we were raised, there's 
no excuses for us. We are responsible. You are responsible. No more justifying and no more obstacles. You've got to take responsibility. Um, if we don't take responsibility, we will live a life full of creating negative stories. You know, like, like those sisters. That one sister created a negative story about this scenario. She, in her mind, she made up a story like, my sister doesn't support me. She doesn't care about me. She only cares about herself. Like she created a story and that sister just did what she had to do. You know, a memorial service versus a craft fair. She just made a choice. But the scenario, the, the stories we create in our minds. I got another story. I created a story recently, and it, I was wrong. I was all wrong. That story was just a bad story I created in my mind. And that story was that when before we went on vacation, um, I was trying to organize it with my daughter-in-law, and I felt like they were, she wasn't, like, including us in the plans. And I thought, this is not right. Like, we're going all the way to Florida, and I want to do stuff together. I don't want to be in Florida as a family, and we're doing our own thing, and they're doing their own thing. And I thought we were going to rent a, a house together, and I thought we were going to, you know, everything in my head was, I want to do everything together. We're a family, and blah, blah, blah. That's just my heart. But but I wasn't getting that from her. And, um, and so I was telling my husband, I'm like, you know what? I just need to talk to her because um, – you know, I'm, I don't want to hold anything inside, and I don't want to think something that's not true. And so he goes, wait a minute, because he was nervous about me talking to her. I said, I know how to talk to her, and she um, is mature, and we have a love, and so we'll be fine, you know. He's like, no. He goes, let's just pray. But before he said that, he said, did she even invite you? Because they didn't invite me. You know, and then he, he goes, did she invite you? And I was like, mm, no. I'm like, no. And I go, but we were all talking about it, and they were talking about the tournament, and the, uh, the, our other kids were supposed to go, and so I thought we were just going to all go. He goes, so you invite yourself. And I'm like, and I said, Selena, did you get invited? <laughs> She's like, nope. She's like, no, I didn't get invited. And then I felt so bad. I was like, oh, man. Like, I'm putting these expectations on my daughter-in-law to make this happen the way I think it should happen. And anyways, he goes, look, she's busy. She's got all them kids. She's trying to, to create, to make the um, plans herself. She's got to book it all, do it all. And, you know, because my son's always working. And he goes, let's just pray. So we prayed. And before I, I was already in bed, ready to go to sleep, uh, my eyes were starting to fall, I got a message from her. And this is before she even, I didn't, we didn't have any conversations yet, but she sent me a text and she says, I'm so sorry it's taken so long to get back to you. She goes, but she goes, I'm so excited and we're, you know, this is what we're going to do and da, da, da. And so she put it all together and I was like, God is so good. And, you know, you have to just let him. Yeah, don't. Your mind will create stories that are not true. And we have to learn to align our minds, our thinking up with his thinking. He knew. He knew what, you know, I had to trust him. to. So 
I'm not teaching you a lesson because I got it all down. No, I'm learning, but I, but I am intentional about learning and getting better. Okay, and I, that's my prayer for you, so that is that you become intentional. Um, okay, so, uh, so don't create stories or, okay, or sometimes we live in the past. And let me tell you something about the past. anymore that scenario no longer exists why do you keep talking about it why do you keep bringing it up why do you keep feeling feelings about it why do you keep you know putting other people in it like that past needs to go away it already went away you're the one who keeps bringing it back so or we you know we do that we keep bringing up you know like I'm sure that one sister keeps bringing up the past so she can't get it resolved um okay so that is like was an eye-opener when I was thinking about that I was like it's gone why can't we get that it's gone bye-bye never to return okay um these are six things that we need to take responsibility for one is our success if you want to have success work hard don't expect everything to just fall into your lap so easily. You know, if you want to buy a house, save your money. Um, help your children meet their goals. Set, meet your own goals. Failures. Be responsible for your own failures. I talked about the weight loss. I got to take responsibility. Um, if, if you spend too much money, change that habit. Um, take control of your emotions. Take responsibility for your emotions. Sometimes um, we are the ones who are creating negative emotions. We're the ones who are, um, you know, feeling angry. They made me so mad. No, you made yourself mad, okay? Um, sometimes even accidents take responsibility for those things too. You, it wasn't your fault, but you got to deal with it. Circumstances that are beyond your control, like genetics and the family you grew up in and the area and all of that stuff. Um, and also your relationships. If your relationships are poor, miserable, you know, broken, do something about it. There's so much that you can do. Um, I mean, I could go on about how I dealt with relationships with my in my marriage or with my kids. God will give you the solution. Um, okay. People will want to stay victim. I have a cousin who's a mess, and all my cousin will say is, well, you don't know, you didn't grow up, you didn't see, you didn't do, you know, you, those things didn't happen to you, and, you know, they, they want to stay there, okay? We don't want to do that. Um, he, used to, he would always say, my life is hard and that you don't understand. People, I'm sure you've heard people say that, but you know what? Take responsibility. <laughs> I always tell them, you had so many opportunities to go to work and you didn't show up. Whose fault is that? Yeah. Um, and you know what? People are afraid to take responsibility. They're afraid because that means they got to change, that they got to do something now. They've got to take action. Philippians 4.13, for I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. You can take action. You can do the hard things. Um, focusing on personal development is hard work. It really, really is. I grew up in a negative environment, and 
had to work really hard to stop being negative with my words. You know, I would point out some things that were bad, or I'd respond to my kids in a negative way. I remember my son, he really hurt my feelings because he told me, why are you so negative? And I was like, like, I was like, what? Like, I'm not negative. You know, I, but when I stopped to think about what I said and how it sounded, I was negative. And that's the work. It's like, okay, you recognize it. Someone brought it to your attention. It sure didn't feel good. You know, but now you can do something about it and take responsibility. James, um, James 1, 22 through 25 says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourself. We've got to do the work. We can't just, yeah, we can't just, you know, hear sermons and hear podcasts and hear things and do nothing with all of that. Yes, we have to take action. Um, and sometimes we think, we, oh, I've tried and it doesn't work. You know, I've, I've done this and I've done that and I took this class and I did it. But you know what? The Bible says, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience, and God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand, and when you're tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Right? He's going to show us how. And it's nothing that we can't handle, because he won't give us more than we can handle. When, um, okay, I'm going to try to wrap this up here. Um, <laughs> he's probably calling. He's probably calling you right now. Don't look at that phone. <laughs> um, okay, so think about this. I just want to give you a, a visual. Sometimes we can think about how we are as Christians. You know, one to ten. Where are you in growth wise? And if somebody says, "Oh, I'm about a three, and then they got a level four problem. They're not going to get past that because they're a three. They got some work to do so they could be at level five, so they could step right over that level four problem. And there's people who are at level seven and who are stepping over all kinds of problems. It's up to us. We have to get, we have to grow. Think about it. When we're born, we're continually growing. Babies, they, they learn to turn over. They learn to smile. They learn to hold their baba. They learn to crawl. They learn to walk. They're continuously growing and progressing. But then sometimes we hit a bump in the road as an adult. We stop growing. It's never God's plan for us to stop growing. We have to grow to the very end of time. And so continue to grow. I challenge you to continue to grow. If you find yourself not growing, start growing. Do for others. Get busy. James 1, 2 to 4 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. And I used to think, why would that be great joy? But if God says there's great joy in trials, then there's great joy. Find that joy. He will give it to you. He will reveal it to you when you go through it. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. And that's where we want to be. We want to be where we're like, you know what? God is with me. I'm, I have this. I'm going to make it. You know, and I'm growing in the middle of it. Um, Galatians. And, and this is the other thing. We underestimate what it's going to take to grow. 
we think, well, if I go to church every Sunday, then I'm, I'm going to grow. No, probably not. I mean, not that you're not going to grow, but there's probably a whole lot more you need to do besides just show up at church every Sunday. You underestimate, we underestimate what it takes to get over that broken relationship, to get over that abuse, to get over our negativity. We underestimate. We think it's just going to happen real easy. It's not. It's not. In Galatians 6, 9, it says, so let not, let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. So don't give up. If you don't see that growth, just keep pushing because you got more work to do. Yes. Okay. I'm not going to go through the stages. <laughs> um, okay. Huh. Luke 137, for the word of God will never fail. So let's stick with the word of God to help us grow. You have no idea what is possible when you open your life up to the God of infinite possibilities. We can never put limitations on our lives because God is in us. Last scripture, Mark 10, 27, Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Thank you, and I just encourage you to just take responsibility and grow, live your lives for Christ, and do all that he has for you. Because when you get up there, you're going to feel very disappointed if you only did this much and he had this much for you to do. Right? Okay. Thank you, Pastor Kermit.